Thank you for joining us today for the Conform to Christ podcast, where we seek to engage the mind, affect the heart, and call people to follow Christ. My name is George Mace, and with me is Jay Gems. Hello. And we are here for Free for All Friday. It's Free for All Friday time. By the time people are uh, listening to this, it will be Friday the 13th. Oh, will it? I didn't even realize. Well, I guess this fits. You think so? <laughs> <laughs> this okay. episode that we're, we're going to okay. do. All right. It, it kind of fits, I okay. guess. All right. It's a little scary stuff. Do I have scary music on this little panel? I don't think so. Are you sure? I I don't know. I don't think. I don't. Oh, you got it. No, crickets. Oh, oh, that's, there, oh, oh there you go. Friday there the 13th episode. Okay. All right. There you go. Very nice. <laughs> Well, got, got a little picture here for uh, our audience from uh, Philip. You gonna play the music? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's do it. What's wrong? With <laughs> that's, there you go. That's even better. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so if you watched uh, Tuesday's episode. There's a weird picture <laughs> of of two Eastern Orthodox priests, and um, the one on the left looks very much like Jay, and so Philip decided that he'd put our faces in there. So can you can you put the old one up? Can you switch back and forth? Uh, yeah, give me a second. Do you have that capability? Um, well, I'm not sure where it is. Let me see. Uh, it is right. The the one on the right could there. pass for a young there's, George Mace. There's the old one. It could be a it could be a young George. Uh, maybe, but this one. <laughs> if that's not an ancestor, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah, that pretty good pretty job, good. Philip. All right. So, well, what are we gonna do today, George? I had a had a friend. He went to uh, he went to Israel. Mm-hmm. Last week, week before, and he sent me a picture, and he said, uh, and I've got it up on the screen. Did he, he said George. he sees he said he sees me everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> George, that's an old picture he has of you. It, it is would, an old picture. Yeah, it would be even more accurate. Now. Oh man, <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, for real. When are you gonna grow out that side hair? You know, I've been working on it, but uh, it just. I, how long do you think it takes for them to grow out? I don't think they ever cut it. I don't think, think they're they supposed to. Because doesn't that isn't that what it says in the law? They don't trim not. don't trim the edges of your beard. Is that the corners? Maybe because I cut the corners, George, yesterday. You lawbreaker. The corners of the beard get crazy. They yeah. grow back toward like under my ear. Yeah, so. they get a little. They get a little nuts. Yeah, you, you cut the corners of your beard, George. A little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, you're not a very good Jewish person, George. Well, um, I'm not Jewish. I mean, I don't even know how much Jewish ancestry I have. I've been told there's some, but I don't. Obviously, know how much. obviously, that pic- <laughs> the picture, the picture shows that it's obviously there's something there more than a little bit. Okay, <laughs> all right, yeah. I don't know. You caught a quick plane ride back for Free For All Friday. That's right. From the wall. <laughs> from serving at the wall. <laughs> we were we were at uh we were at a graduation party on Saturday mm-hmm. here at the church. And uh Amake, we were talking about that. I showed that I showed that picture and Amake um said that uh yeah, the first time he saw me, he was like, Man, that guy's straight out of Tel Aviv. <laughs> that's what Amake said yeah oh man so that's funny I'm gonna have to do a little bit more digging into my ancestry I guess to see what's going on I guess you're gonna have to yep. mm-hmm. so uh, Jay I was told I was told by uh, several big Eva people that uh, there was there was no way that you could um, tell Christians which party to vote for yeah, that both parties were. Uh, mm-hmm. It was, it was, it was morally permissible to vote for either party. That's what they keep telling everybody. That's, that's what I keep hearing, 
And uh, then I ran across this article because something happened in the Senate it, it uh, yesterday. Yeah. Uh, the headline says, Democrats push to codify Roe after leaked opinion, but they don't have the votes. Senator Majority Leader Chuck Schumer promised a vote to enshrine abortion rights protections after the leak of a draft opinion that would overrule Roe versus Wade. Mm -hmm. And uh, do you know how many senators voted for it? I think all of the Democrats but one. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the the yeah. senator from West Virginia was the lone dissenter. <clears throat> yeah. And uh, then all the Republicans voted against it. Mm -hmm. So um i'm just waiting on the clarification tweet that that whimsical tweet from tim keller telling us again right. how it's uh, morally permissible to vote for well not just him i mean you got like oh yeah i mean tons you've got, of them you've got mark, mark, mark dever and and uh, jonathan lehman they've mm -hmm. they've explicitly said that um i mean mark dever has has said things about you shouldn't be a one a one issue uh, yeah. voter and the one issue right is abortion yeah right um so again we've got we've got evidence here that um the the democratic party is the party of baby murder yeah up to the up to up the to point birth. of birth yeah up to birth yeah. so that's what i was going to say the what they voted on goes even beyond roe right it would it would overturn uh, even the laws that are on the the books in states restricting mm -hmm. abortion, and make it to where it's up to birth. Right. That's abs It's absolutely crazy. Right. Yeah. The um, I I don't understand how people can't see clear on this issue. I really don't. Mm -hmm. Those that that claim to be a Christian. Right. Um. Again, we cannot claim ignorance. Perhaps, perhaps I say that's that's being as gracious as I can. Perhaps. In the past, one might be able to claim some type of ignorance, mm -hmm. but now that science has progressed to where it is, there is absolutely no reason that any person that is a Christian, knowing what they know now, and then knowing how everyone is voting and what they're about and what they're for, uh, and that, as I said before, that doesn't mean I'm telling you you need to vote for the Republican Party. Right. It's just you can't vote for these people. Right. These people literally are are they're pro. They're pro murder. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to vote Republican, but you can't vote Democrat. Mm -hmm. uh, you got Bernie Sanders here. You got a tweet from Bernie Sanders um, up here. Congress must pass legislation that codifies Roe v. Wade as the law of the land in this country now. And if there aren't sixty votes in the Senate to do it, and there are not, we must end the filibuster to pass it with fifty votes. So they're, I mean, they're they're pushing for this. Uh, at the end of the article, it says President Joe Biden hinted at the roadblock ahead this year, saying in a statement Tuesday that if the Supreme Court overturns Roe, it, quote, will fall on voters to elect pro-choice officials this November. At the federal level, we will need more pro-choice senators and a pro-choice majority in the House to adopt legislation that codifies Roe, which I will work to pass and sign into law. Yeah. I uh, should have brought the clip. Uh, even... Um Oh, what's his name? Um, the talk show guy that we've played on here, Bill Maher. Did you see he had like a, a an epiphany that all of Europe has stricter abortion laws than the United States right now? Mm. It's like they live in this bubble where they think like, oh, you know, even it, like Europe is this great place, this great progressive place, and whatever, and we're backwards in our abortion laws. Mm. It's the it's the opposite. Really, even in those liberal places. They're stricter on abortion than we are. Mm. I think there are only four <clears throat> nations with abortion laws even close to what to what we currently have: really? China, North Korea, us, and there's one more. I think it's in South America, maybe. That's not good. Uh, that's not good company. No, that's no, <laughs> no, no, right? Yeah. Uh, like this is crazy, right? Um, and this is even more crazy. Yeah, but um, they they are hellbent on on codifying abortion rights i don't know how that would work how would that work the supreme court overturns roe v wade we're assuming based right. on the leak they overturn it mm -hmm. the senate codifies it well the, it's because it's never been made a law and that's right. been the argument of abolitionists this whole time it's right. not law but if the if the supreme court says it's not a constitutional right wouldn't there just be immediate challenges to this law that it's unconstitutional 
Like, how would that work? I don't know. We have to see. Mm. Uh, states would all file lawsuits <clears throat> right. immediately. Right. I'm sure. But it's all political. I mean, this is all to keep the the party. It's to energize the party for the mm. midterms. You know how this all oh, yeah. plays out. But I think it's obvious oh, yeah. and it's clear. You can't with if you're a Christian with a with a clear conscience be voting right. for these people that are pl- they're pro they're pro murder. Mm-hmm. Um, you stand stand historically. This you stand historically with the people who during slavery um, arbitrarily would rob um, African people of African descent of personhood because this is the same type of um, uh, subjective standard, right? So we believe that the foundation of all reality is the Bible. So personhood is applied to all human beings, right? Because all human beings are made in the image and likeness of God. So, if you're a human, then you contain inherent worth. Well, what happened in slavery, and you can see it even in the decisions of the Supreme Court, which were un- immoral, even though you know everybody was for them, is that they said, "Oh, well, you know, people of African descent, they're clearly humans, right? But they're not persons like white people." And the one factor that they had was it was skin color, skin tone, right? And they do the same thing with babies. They say, well, they're clearly human. The science can't argue that, right? Mm-hmm. They're just not persons because they haven't met some arbitrary thing that the these authority people, these people in authority have applied. Like they say, oh, well, you know, well, they're inside the womb, therefore they're not persons. Right. Or they don't feel pain yet, therefore they're not persons. Or uh, they can't survive on their own, therefore they're not persons. And so therefore the Constitution does not protect them. And so mothers should be able... You see, it's the same, it's the same godless... Um, Arbit- and we don't we can't we can't have a you can't have a society like that. This is this is uh, you're laying the foundation for absolutely like an absolute nightmare scenario where the government um, does with people as they wish based off nothing more than we in, as the authorities have decided what we can do. Right. You see what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's really frustrating to see all these supposed Christians coming out and making like. Well, it's not as it's not as black and white. We got to be nuanced. Sometimes abortions are necessary, and it's really frustrating to see this. But this this leak is it's making everyone show their hand. Yeah, um, who who they actually are and what they actually believe. Uh-huh. Uh, even though it's been frustrating, it has been revealing. Which one of them uh, tweeted out about if you don't like abortion, don't get one. If you think it's immoral, don't get one. <clears throat> Do you remember who it was? I don't remember who it was, but that's a that's an argument that goes back years. Oh yeah, it goes back years. Yeah, yeah, and, and it's ridiculous. Right. I mean, you you can pl- apply it to like slavery, right? Uh, you, you think slavery is immoral? Don't own a slave, right? Well, I don't think you should own one either, right? You know what I'm saying? Well, it, it's <laughs> um, you have to adopt the worldview that. Um, there is no, there is no absolute truth, mm-hmm. and you you're demanding that the people that believe that it's murder, um, say, well, it's okay for you to get a murder, but we're not gonna, right? It's like, cr- you it's, can't, it's, you can't do it. Mm-hmm. It's impossible, right? Right? Yeah. Uh, there's all kinds of again because when when you when you rebel against God and his design for how he's created the world to be like God did God did not intend a world where mothers kill their own children mm. um there's ripple effects of this sin and one of which is um psychological harm to the mother like when you when you become a murderer your conscience is bound like y- your conscience is pricked and you can do all kinds of things to dull it but uh, you can sub- try to suppress it, but it always bubbles back, and it causes uh, ongoing, lifelong problems because the guilt's never dealt with. Um, and the only way the guilt can be the guilt can be dealt with is is through Christ. We believe, for mothers who have committed abortion, we believe that you're guilty of murder, 
but Christ died for murderers and who can forgive you of your sin. Mm-hmm. And you can be clean, your conscience can be cleansed. But the secular world has nothing for them. They just keep telling them that they didn't do anything wrong, right? but they know they did. Yeah, and, and Christians that don't want mothers to be held accountable are robbing them of the chance to repent mm-hmm. because they're telling them you didn't do anything wrong. Mm-hmm. Well, if, if they didn't do anything wrong, then they don't need the gospel. Mm-hmm. Um, we need to be we need to be calling abortion murder because that's what it is, and only repentant murderers can find the grace of of God in Christ. Mm-hmm. But if they don't think they did anything wrong, then they don't need the gospel. Yep, you're right. That's exactly um, so right. We it, we're not doing them favors. They're these these people that are trying to be whimsical or, or nuanced they're trying they're they're trying well what about the mother we're trying to you know show kindness and, and gentleness to the mother mm-hmm. um, you're not you're not doing them any favors you're not showing them love by pulling back and saying you didn't do anything wrong you're cutting them off from their only hope mm-hmm. their only hope is for them to recognize that they're sinners mm-hmm. um, it's it's wild man. I know it is wild. wild, and it's part of the largest propaganda. <clears throat> like we, we're living in one of the largest propaganda. Uh, what is it called? Brainwashing of mass mind ma- virus masses of society that is that have happened. It's been ongoing with Roe. Mm. Um, it's been going with the LGBTQ mo- movement. Right. I mean, those psychologists wrote it. We should do an episode on that. We should buy the book. I think it, it costs you about 300 bucks to buy it. A- <laughs> after the ball, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Where the two sociologists, one sociologist, one psychologist, came up with a game plan mm. to change, transform America into accepting LGBTQ and all that stuff. Um, we might as well just fork over the money and buy it, do an episode on it. You don't go have these? But, but, but all, they, all they can do... This is why it's important for Christians when you're encountering people that are pro-abortion just to ask them questions. Why do you believe that? Mm-hmm. Because they haven't thought through it. Yeah. Um, just this past week at school, uh, Brooke, and she's writing this paper in her, in her AP English class. And I guess some, some girls had heard that she was, and they were really highly offended. Well, the next day they asked her about it. They brought her something. Mm-hmm. Of course, it's their, it's their dumb... They're dumb talking points about like, well, Brooke, you know, what what about girls that are raped? And Brooke's like, oh, well, check this out. You know, she's got on her phone the percentage of it. Mm. It's like point zero, you know, two. <laughs> it's like minuscule. And she just, she's like, even, she's even like, what do you think? It, even if it was, if it was a higher number, a higher percentage, right. you're, well, like that's what she you're, asked. You're her. like trying to get rid of the. That's what she asked the girl. Of the crime, like that's what she asked the girl. She said, yeah. "Why do you think a child should be killed for what its parent, what his father did?" Right. And the girl's like, well, "Can you think?" And she said, "Can you think of any other thing where a child's will be punished for the, the something their parents did?" And they're right. like, "No." And Brooke's like, "I think that the person who raped should be put to death." Yeah. <laughs> and the girls were like, "What?" Yeah, isn't that what? Isn't that- She's like, why? Why do you not think so? Right, you know. And of course, they're like, well, I've yeah. never thought about you it. You think the kid should be put to death, but not the rapist? Yeah, yeah. Like, but this is the backward like, world. It, it is. It's completely backwards. But they, but they've never thought about it, right? right. These are like 17, 18 year old girls. They've never thought about this any deeper than what they've read in some headline, right? Because they're part of the largest propaganda campaign in existence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when you start to talk to somebody, just ask questions. Why do you believe that? You know what I mean? Um, that's a good way to go about dialoguing with this. Yeah. And then exposing the that because worldviews, all worldviews that are not based in the reality of of God uh, as revealed in the scriptures are inherently logically flawed. Mm-hmm. So ask the questions, reveal the flaws, and then address the flaws with what God's word says. You answer a fool according to his folly, mm-hmm. right? Have you seen the argument that uh, this hasn't been the the historic Christian position? No, I don't pay attention to stupid things. <laughs> because, you know, the, uh, um, the Southern Baptist Convention was light on abortion back in the 70s, uh, Oh, I know. Chris, Chris Criswell. Criswell. Criswell was. He was. But he did change his position. He did, mm-hmm. right. Um, but it, as I was hearing the argument, it just reminded me of the Didache. Mm-hmm. 
you know the Didache, right? Right. It's like first century, second uh-huh. century. Um, some have. Christian- spe- I remember in class some have speculated that the apostles could have written it. Right. Right. Um, it goes back to early church. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of a manual mm-hmm. on how to how to do certain things. Right. Um, there's even an interesting um, passage about baptism. Right. It's supposed to go where there's running water. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's a lot of like, if there's no running water, do it in this. And right, right, right. It's really interesting. But there is an interesting line um, in the Didache. It says, thou shalt not murder a child by abortion, mm. uh, nor kill that which is begotten. Yeah. So the early church understood mm-hmm. you don't kill um, a baby right. in the womb. Mm-hmm. And so they even, um, I guess, codified that in the Didache. Right, yeah. Right. Yeah, it's crazy times to live in. Yeah. Um, to see, to see it, it should be, well, you know, I can tell you what it is. It's, it's God, God is um, purging his church. I think he's making it, ob- he's making it clear and obvious. Yeah. You know, for a long time, you couldn't know, like, how the West was going, like, who are who are Christians in this society? Mm-hmm. Well, everybody's claiming to be them. Right. Well, past ten years, it's starting to become pretty clear. Yeah. Like who's actually following Jesus and his teachings? Yeah. It's starting to become clear and obvious. So, I, and the that. more the more the Democratic Party um, reveals who they are, the more ridiculous it is for people like Tim Keller or Nine Marks or whoever to mm-hmm. say, "Well, you know, it's it's morally permissible to vote for either party. You, right. you shouldn't. They shouldn't divide the church. Um, that this should not be something that uh, well, drives a wedge within. Well, between surprise, Christians. surprise. Where are they ministering at? <laughs> right, New York and and DC. Right. Yeah. You, th- you think that might influence it? Yeah, just I imagine a little so. Bit. Yeah, I imagine yeah. so. Yeah, but uh, the Democratic Party they're they're hell bent on on codifying abortion, mm-hmm. and I use that word hell bent, right? Hell bent as a uh, as a sneaky as a little, little segue, sneaky little segue, right? Uh, so this Elon might turn Musk, into a it might, it might twenty minutes. It could be a big one. Ah, hey, it's all right. The episode we thought well, let's talk about hell. Well, it, and abortion fits good with that. It does, and. Um, this was kind of um, came to our attention because of a tweet from Elon Musk. Mm-hmm. Um, Elon Musk tweeted on um, May eighth, "If I die under mysterious circumstances, and I've got the I've got the tweet up. If you want to put it on the screen, if I die under mysterious circumstances, it's been nice knowing you." Um, he tweeted that in response to something from Russia. Wasn't yeah, it? some Russian uh, guy they had said something about his sending Starlink over there to the Ukrainians mm-hmm. and how there would be some type of retaliation. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but that's not the, I mean, that's an interesting tweet, mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but that's not, uh, that's not the end. We've got, uh, we've got, uh, obviously it looks like, uh, uh, a Muslim, um, responding. You won't die before your day, Elon. Anyhow, you are, were a unique figure in this world. I'm only wondering one thing as a genius, haven't you f- uh, haven't you find found out found out that there is a great creator of this world yet? If you did, make sure you confess this before your last heartbeat. Bless you. To which Elon Musk responds, "Thank you for the blessing, but I'm okay with going to hell if that is indeed my destination, since the vast majority of all humans ever born will be there." I read that Jay, and I only had one one big pressing question. It was burning in the in the center of my my brain. Got didn't, him. Didn't the Babylon Bee say we got him? Yeah, that's what they said. <laughs> Did, didn't he? Didn't he say? Uh, right. You know, if Jesus wants to wants to be my savior, I, I won't get in his uh, way. I won't get in his way. Well, yeah. you know, uh, and they got know, him. They you know what's him. funny about him saying that is that's the position of Molinism. Mm. <laughs> Did you know that? Oh yeah, yeah. They say it's like. You're in an ambulance, and all you have to do is not jump out. Okay, but you can still jump out. Yeah, yeah, you can read it. It's in that book um, by the guy from Southeastern, Kenneth Keithley, mm. Salvation and Sovereignty. Molinist position. Roses okay. is his acronym. Okay, and on the section on, of course, they don't believe in um, the effectual calling, mm-hmm. which is the biblical right. position. <laughs> 
They, he believes in something kind of like effectual calling. You just don't jump out of the ambulance. Okay. So Elon Musk said, I'm not going to stand in his way. Right. If he's, you know, so. Okay. I, I don't think it took, though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's, he must have jumped off the ambulance. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, so he's okay going to hell um, since the vast majority of all humans ever born will be there. Mm. That's what he says. I mean, that, and I think well, look, we got to talk about hell. This is the hell episode, I guess. Uh, you're going to play the music? Which one? The scary? Uh, yeah, yeah. All right. There you go. It's the hell episode. Okay. Um, <laughs> so first off, we'll do Elon's thing, and then we'll jump into, let's talk about, I want to talk about Jesus's teachings on hell. Okay. Because he, taught, he talked about hell more than anyone else in the Bible. Right. And it's not even close. Mm-hmm. Not even close. So we'll talk about the theology of hell, what Jesus taught about it. It'll be a good episode. We'll look at some cultural data of what people believe about it. Elon, all right, first off, how does he know there'll be more people in hell than in heaven in the end? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. People I mean, think that. that. Yeah, that, that People is, always uh, say that. People mm-hmm. always say that. They always think that. Right. But when you come to Revelation at the end of Revelation, it says that the number, the number are innumerable. Mm. How do we know that in the end... The way God works in his, in the world, He doesn't end up actually saving more people, right? Than go to hell, and the number could be vastly greater than the number that go to hell. How do we know that? Yeah, we don't. We don't know that. Yeah, there's no there's no number given. Yeah, um, in the scripture anywhere. Yeah, and if you, uh, well, I don't, I don't want to jump into this other stuff. We're going to get sidetracked quick. Well, but, they take they take passages like Matthew chapter seven with. With the narrow, the right. narrow gate, uh-huh. broad is the path to to mm-hmm. destruction. Narrow is the path to life, and I think they're making it say more than what Jesus is intending for it to say. The, right. What he's intending for it to say is that the the path to to salvation is narrow. There's only one way. Mm-hmm. There's only one way. Um, not necessarily that there's going to be more people in hell than heaven. Right. But again, we don't we don't know. Like we're not given um, a number, mm-hmm. and uh, we don't know what's going on all over the world. Mm. <laughs> we have no idea. And if there's uh, if all of these um, babies who are being aborted are going to heaven, it, uh, that's uh, that's a massive number. It's a massive number because sixty three million is just the U S. Right. You take worldwide, mm-hmm. the number is. Vast, yeah. I, I don't know what the world number is. Yeah, the number is vast, though. So we simply don't we we simply don't know. Mm-hmm. That that it could be the case um, that there's going to be more people in hell than heaven, but we just don't know. Yeah. So the culture is very confused about hell, mm. whether you know if they even believe in it or not. So I just did a little quick search on Twitter for hell. And uh, just to give you an idea of those who maybe probably don't have anything to do with Christianity at all, um, this guy tweets, It's so the most popular ones will come up, right? The ones that have been shared the most, if you do this type of search. Why will Satan torture people in hell for disobeying the same God he disobeyed? Okay. So, question of people. Uh-huh. Um, and we'll just say, um, he's not. <laughs> right. The the uh, the Christian position is he's cast into eternal lake of fire forever. He's not doing anything, and it's been prepared for him, is what right. Jesus says in Matthew twenty five. Yep. That that this has been this has been prepared for the devil and his angels. Mm-hmm. Um, so the the cartoon version of hell, where the devil and demons are running around with pitchforks and they're torturing people. That's not the biblical view of hell. That must be influenced by like uh, Dante's Inferno, maybe or something. Probably, yeah, yeah. So not biblical. Mm. We don't we don't hold the things that are not biblical. So, um, how about this one? Imagine how much you could get when you sell cold water in hell. Right. That's going to come up later when we talk about uh, the rich young the rich uh, Jesus parable of the rich man and Lazarus because mm. we got to we got to go there. Okay. Then this guy, the mask, he says, "I'll forever choose revenge. I'll heal in hell." 
But these are retweeted, I mean, and, uh, and likes hundreds and hundreds of times. What does that even mean? <laughs> I don't know. What's that mean, Jay? Hell is a know. place of healing. I don't know what that means. So, But it's just not just in the general in the world, George. It's um, Let me pull this statement up. I've got three statements from the Ligonier study on the state of theology. Mm-hmm. It's a nationwide study that's done. It pulls, uh, you know, the data is... Pretty incredible. Can break it down by what denomination, but people claiming to be Christians is who's being polled here. Um, and they ask them all a variety of questions, some of which we've deal, dealt with before on here, like the Holy Spirit is a force and not a personal being. And we're shocked to find out that you know most evangelicals believe that, uh, which is were you a, shocked? A heresy. Uh, the first time I saw it, I was shocked, okay. but nothing shocks me anymore, George. Um, let's see, where is the one on hell? I had it. Now you did. You, uh, you you had it up on the screen before we started. What'd you do over there, Jay? So this Modern. is a, this is a study that comes out, what, every two years? Yeah. And okay, they, here we go. They, I, there's like three of them. Okay. Here's the first one, George. Hell is a real place where certain people will be punished forever. True or false? All right. So it looks pretty good if you just look at the somewhat agree and strongly agree categories. Mm -hmm. But if you take the not sure and the disagree and you put them together, not great, right? I mean, you're looking at what is that? What percentage is that, George? So you've got got 28% that disagree. Uh Uh-huh. And then when you put not sure together with it. you got 44. Yeah. So, I mean, we're getting close to 50% of people mm-hmm. that in America that claim to be Christians. They don't, they don't even, they don't know about hell. And I would even, I'd probably even put the somewhat agree in there because they're not even, they're not even sure. They're I mean, not the, sure either. I mean, if we're, if we're going with what the text says. Yeah, with what the Bible then says. Then I think that you would have you would have to land on strongly agree. I mean, well, it's it's crystal clear that they're unless you're doing some kind of of weird um, allegory in places like Revelation chapter twenty, where those who are not found in the book of life are cast into the lake of fire, um, which I don't even know what <laughs> what you you would interpret that as. You'd have to say I strongly agree that hell is an actual place where certain people will go. Mm-hmm. So even the somewhat agree are 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 not landing where they need to if they're just trusting what the text says. Yeah. So we're saying only 34% of those who are polled are lining up with the scriptures. Yes, yes. So that's that's, right. that's not great. No. It's uh it's pretty bad. Pretty bad. Pretty bad numbers. So where do we want to go first? We've got a couple of places. I mean, Jesus, he talks about it like over 20 times, but there are some bigger ones. Um, Should we go to Luke 16 first? I mean, we can go to the rich man and Lazarus. Uh, Then we're going to have to go to his um, statements on the final judgment, Mm -hmm. sheep and the goats judgment. Um, But I have it up on the text. George, would you do the honors in reading it? You got it up there? Did you know that the Latin Vulgate uh, actually makes the rich man have a name? No. Instead of rich man, I think it's uh, Dives. Hmm. D i v e s. Dives. I don't know how you. I don't know how you pronounce it in Latin. It. They instead of rich man, they translate it as. Dives. I don't know. If someone knows Latin, they. Like a pronounce better than me. Anyway, that was just a little tidbit for yeah. you, Jay. <laughs> how'd, that, how'd that copyist error get in there, George? Well, I don't know if it's a copyist error. I think that they, since Lazarus has a name, they just, tra- instead of translating rich man they as did it. rich man, they transliterated it. They just it. transliterated it. Yeah. Transliteration. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. All right. All right. There was a rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and who feasted sumptuously every day. And at his gate was laid a poor man named Lazarus, covered with sores, who desired to be fed with what fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, even the dogs came and licked his sores. The poor man died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's side. 
The rich man also died and was buried, and in Hades, being in torment, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham far off and Lazarus at his side. And he called out, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus to dip the end of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am in anguish in this flame. But Abraham said, Child, remember that you in your lifetime received your good things, and Lazarus in like manner bad things. But now he is comforted here, and you are in anguish. And besides all this, between us and you, a great chasm has been fixed in order that those who would pass from here to you may not be able and none may cross from there to us. And he said, then I beg you, father, to send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers so that he may warn them lest they also come into this place of torment. But Abraham said, they have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. And he said, no, father Abraham, but if someone goes to them from the dead, they will repent. He said to him, if they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be convinced if someone should rise from the dead. All right, so a number of truths taught in this parable. So one thing to remember about a parable is Jesus is created a story to communicate a truth that he wants to communicate. So the these people may have existed. They may not have. It doesn't really matter. And some of the parables, it's obvious the people aren't real people at all. Um, yeah, the the reason why people say maybe this happened is because this is the only parable where he actually gives someone a name. Right. And it, but, so the, but the point is, is like Jesus has made a story to communicate several truths. So here's some truths that are communicated. There is a place of judgment that people go when they die. Um, there is also a place where people go when they die that is like a paradise called Abraham's side here in this passage. There's a place of suffering, and then there's another place, a a paradise place. Um, You cannot go back and forth between the two places. These destinations are final destinations. Um, And then Jesus says something very interesting about people that um, won't listen to the Bible, (laughs) I think. He says there's enough information in the Bible for people to listen and believe. And if they won't just listen to the Bible, they wouldn't believe if someone was raised from the dead. And I mean, you see that clearly in his own ministry, where he raises uh, Lazarus, a man named Lazarus, and when he himself comes back to life. Mm -hmm. So let's deal with this first. There's a place where people go um, when they die, a place of suffering. Um, we call it hell, though I think the Bible uses a couple different terms for it. There's a temporary, this may surprise some people to hear this, George, maybe the first time they've ever heard it. There's a temporary place of suffering, and there's an eternal place of suffering. This parable is, speaks about this temporary place, uh, Hades, translated as Hades. Mm-hmm. Um, in the New Testament. The Uh, paradise place itself also temporary, waiting for the return of Christ and the resurrection of the dead, Mm -hmm. where all will stand before Christ. We'll get to that parable in a second. At that judgment, all of humanity is separated, and some go to everlasting life, some go to everlasting judgment. That final place... I think sometimes it's translated as Gehenna. Um, for sure, it's translated as the Lake of Fire mm. and Revelation, uh, eternal judgment, um, the second death. It's called the second death. So there's we make that distinct that distinction first. Okay. What's popular today is the denial that there is a place of everlasting judgment, and this was popularized by. Um, I guess Rob Bell is the most recent person you encounter that. Yeah, uh, I mean, by recent, we're talking ten years. Ten years. Love wins. The book Love Wins. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he doesn't deny there's a place of, I guess, some type of judgment, but it's more like purgatory state. Yeah, it's um, goodness. I read it when it first came out. And I'm trying to remember exactly what he was. Um, I, it's basically, it's yeah, it's basically like a, a temporary holding place 
where um, they're purged of like bad behavior. Uh, well, bad, it's not bad feelings. So it, it, so the the this idea is that hell is something that we create for ourselves. Uh. That when you push God's love away, you're creating a hell. Uh-huh. And so when you die, that's the state that you're in until love wins, uh-huh. until God's love over. wins. It wins you over and you are ushered into uh-huh. heaven. And um, his, his belief is that love wins and there, there won't be a hell. Uh-huh. One, one day everyone will be won over by the love of God. Mm. Even Satan? <laughs> I don't even know if he, I don't even know if he believes that there is a he Satan. He probably doesn't I don't, in a literal Satan. Yeah, I, I would imagine that he doesn't or he would take a liberal approach that um, the, or, you know, the Satan, mm-hmm. um, the accuser who is basically like a, a an instrument of God. Right. Yeah, not a not a malevolent spirit mm-hmm. um, who's in rebellion against God, but a spirit that God uses in this way. Mm. That that's kind of the liberal position. Yeah. All right. Uh, where else we we might go? I mean, we can't go to all of them because, like I said, there's I think about twenty different places uh, that Jesus <laughs> talked about this. Well, I mean, where else does he talk about it, and what can we learn from it? Are we just looking at what Jesus says? Let's just stay with what Jesus says for now. Okay. Well, but, but because we can't go through the whole New Testament, I mean, we'd be here for four hours. Um, but I you think got, Jesus, you got a problem with that, Jay? Jesus, yeah, <laughs> he has some pretty explicit <laughs> teachings about it. Well, I, um, I mean, Matthew chapter twenty-five. Um, I, I referenced that already. Mm-hmm. Um, when the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the angels with Him, then He will sit on His glorious throne. Before him will be gathered all the nations, and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will place the sheep on his right, but the goats on the left. He says to those on his right, the, the sheep, come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. From when? From the foundation oh, of the world. that's a little extra theology. Yeah, just throw that in there. Um, but then on the left... He'll say to those who are on his left, depart from me, you cursed, into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. Um, and then the end of the parable is, these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So, uh, so I, I, wrote, I wrote a paper um, in seminary on the three, the three views. So there's universalism. Uh-huh. Everyone is saved. Right. There's eternal conscious punishment, mm-hmm. and then there's annihilationism. Mm-hmm. Annihilationism believes that there is a place, there is a there is a hell, but it is a place of fire, and it, it eventually burns up those right. who are in it, and eventually hell will be empty, because what does fire do? It consumes. Right. And so they believe that um, there you, will come a time when you don't exist, when they won't exist anymore. And they have the different arguments. Universalism, if you hold to the, the Bible at all, you have to get rid of universalism. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's just off the table. Right. Um, annihilationism has gained a little bit of, of uh, traction because of people like John Stott. Mm-hmm. John Stott, um, theologian um, who died, what, early 2000s. Um, great theologian. Mm-hmm. Um, he was friends with... Uh, Packer, Packer, and Martin Lloyd Jones. Mm-hmm. Um, but later in life, he uh, he said some things that were leaning towards annihilationism. Right. Um, but places like this, it, it says they go away into eternal punishment. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to imagine Jesus talking about um, them being burnt up at some point as an eternal punishment. Because once you don't exist anymore, you're not conscious anymore. I don't know how you can you can go yeah. on saying that that's punishment. Well, the yeah, and when you when you look at the, there are, well, what are the, there's a juxtaposition here. Yeah, there's, there's parallels, right? Eternal punishment, Etern, eternal life, eternal punishment. Etern, yeah, eternal for both. Right. So if one ceases, 
I mean, this is not what the word eternal means. There's actually right. whole books been written about this. There's mm-hmm. one I read. Um, I think it's called God's a- a- Aeonian Purpose because the word is eon mm-hmm. or eon. Um, how it doesn't mean eternal, but again, this if, if, when you drill into the actual word's meaning and how it's used, it's obvious this is how it's being used because this is how also how the word is used in regards to eternal life, right? If you throw that out for eternal judgment, we're not left with eternal life anymore, mm-hmm. right? We're left with like a temporary long life, like a long time life. Right. That's not the teaching of Christ uh, uh, in regards to eternal life. Those that come to him, that he gives eternal life, that he raises up on the last day. So it's, there's a clear contrast comparison being made mm-hmm. between the two right. uh, that are here. It's Jesus's clear teachings. Um, so I, and that's just looking at, at what he said. And when there's, I mean, you can go to many places. I think, I think one thing I've heard maybe we could address, I don't know how much time I want to spend on it, is they say, nah, you know, Jesus, he's not even talking about hell. He's talking about Gehenna. He's talking about Gehenna, the place at the valley outside of Jerusalem where they throw trash and dead bodies. <laughs> right. You heard this? Uh-huh. What do you, what do you say to that? Um, there has to be some kind of reality behind what he's saying, or it's an empty, yeah, it's empty words. Uh-huh. Um, if he's saying that, um, they'll, so that's be, what they'll, they'll say, be thrown, they'll be thrown into the the Gehenna of fire. Right. Um, what does that mean? Like, yes, I think that he probably is referencing this valley that's to the south of Jerusalem, right? Garbage um, the, the Valley of Hinnom. Um, yeah. It was where they they threw their trash. They'd throw dead bodies, and it was uh, it was on fire. So All they the were time. kind of burning the trash, and there were worms there. It's terrible for the environment, Jay. And worms. I mean the the climate the climate change, and the worms were eating bodies there. All yeah, the time. Um, but uh, if if the what's the reality behind his metaphor? Like, there has to be something that he's he's pointing towards. Or, or this reference doesn't mean anything, yeah, right? Like if they're thrown into the Gehenna of fire, what, what's he saying that they'll that they'll just be thrown into this garbage right. dump and that's it? Right. Um, there, there has to be something that this imagery is pointing forward to something. I would say worse. Uh-huh. The the reality is going to be worse than what the metaphor is. Right. Yeah. So, so to just say, well, he's just referencing that valley. You have to ask. Yeah, but why? <laughs> what's what's he trying to get at? Yeah. And if there's not a reality behind it, then then his words are meaningless. Yeah the uh, the valley. What's interesting about the valley, uh, and I think I think probably Rob Bell gets in the, into his book. It's one of the reasons why he tr- he tries to use it to bring doubt to people. Uh-huh. He's just talking about this valley. Well, the valley in the Old Testament is a place where when they apostatized, they would sacrifice their own children mm-hmm. to false gods. Right. So what does God do do to it when he judges them and then brings them back? He turns the place where they did that into a place, a garbage dump, right. and a place of utter uh, uncleanness because it's a place of dead bodies and trash. Right. It's unclean, and it's on fire. It's a grotesque place. And as you said, what's a great illustration for what hell is like than this place, the reality behind it? Um so just because the name Gehenna, and I think Gehenna is a Greek a Greek translation of the word Valley of Hinnom. Is that right? I think so. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think so. Don't buy into that. Don't be deceived by that. Just because this place, the Valley of Hinnom, and oh, it's translated in Greek as Gehenna, and that doesn't really mean hell. Um, well, that's what Jesus means by it. He means hell. <laughs> right? He right. means... It, he means hell. So when you go to Mark nine forty, I think it's Mark nine forty eight. He talks about this place as a terrible place of suffering, um, where their worm does not die. Mm-hmm. And so, to, to the, this gets to the idea of what's the reality behind this? Are we to think that there's actually a worm there eating us? I, I don't think so. It could be. I mean, <laughs> it could be. I, I don't know. Here's how I take it. Here's how I take that. Because I think he's speaking in um, to greater realities behind the conditions that can be viewed. Right? You can see a worm eating a dead body. Well, the worm eventually dies. 
dead body gets burned up. Well, there's a place where you never stop existing. The worm never dies. Mm -hmm. Um, Some have taken it, and I tend to lean this way. I'm open to be corrected, though, that your conscience is never appeased. Mm. You are under the wrath of God. Your conscience torments you so that you weep, and there's gnashing of teeth. And it never ends because your conscience and the weight of the wrath of the the wrath of God also. I mean, you can think about this: to be kept from, to have full knowledge of that which you will never get, could absolutely torture you and make you gnash and weep because you've missed all, you've missed out on the greatest blessing in the universe, mm-hmm. and you'll never have it. Right. So I can see that as being like the worm that does not die. That you're internally, not only are you under the wrath of God, but your conscience has so tormented you, there's no relief. Mm. Yeah, I think that, uh, you know, the the major flaw with, uh, with Rob Bell's position, and does anyone even listen to Rob Bell anymore? I don't I mean, know. We're, ta- I think we're talking just, about someone that I think lost relevance. I think he just talks to the dolphins now when he surfs. He goes surfing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I I don't know. I, he he did do like um, him and Oprah. He did, are, he did do buds. like conference speaking, and yeah, that's the last time I really saw Rob Bell. She did some. She did some like a Super Bowl interview with Rob Bell mm-hmm. years ago, right. like seven or eight years ago. That's mm-hmm. the last time I've really seen him. He may still be around. I don't know. Somebody check on Rob Bell. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, the flaw the flaw of Rob Bell is that he thinks that at some point people are going to be won over and they're going to be able to pass from, quote unquote, hell mm-hmm. into heaven. And the, the position I think the Bible takes, like you said, is um, hell is not a restorative place. Right. You don't get better in hell. And this is you get worse. This gets to Elon Musk's tweet. Yeah, yeah. Um, you're you're not there um, repentant, right? You're not repentant in hell, right? You continue in your rebellion, rather than rather than hell being a place where you see, um, oh, there is a God who loves me, and I want to love. I want to love back. him back. You hate him. Instead, you hate him. Right, and I think you see that in in Revelation. Uh-huh. I think you see that because as um, as God is pouring out His judgment upon the earth, what do they do? The, the they don't ju- repent. The judgments. The <laughs> they judgments. Don't, they don't repent. You would you would think you would think, and this uh, I mean, we're I mean, if we want to like pull in some other doctrine, this is this is totally against like the Arminian view, uh-huh. um, where when God, you know, if, if they just knew that there was a God. Right. <laughs> you know, God through all this evidence, they they would freely choose him. That's not what the that's not what they uh we see in in Revelation. Um Revelation sixteen, the the fourth angel poured out his bowl on the sun and it was allowed to scorch people with fire. They were scorched by the fierce heat, and they cursed the name of God who had power over these plagues. They did not repent and give him glory. The fifth angel poured out his bowl on the throne of the beast, and its kingdom was plunged in the darkness. People gnawed their tongues in anguish and cursed the God of heaven for their pain and sores. They did not repent of their deeds. And then you go down to the uh, the end of the chapter, and it's talking about the, the seventh bowl is poured out, and and these uh, every island fled away, and no mountains were to be found, and great hailstones, about 100 pounds each, fell from heaven on people, and they cursed God for the plagues of the hell because the plague was so severe. Mm-hmm. Three times, yeah, yeah. We, we've, got, we've got we've got the the heat and the pain that causes them to gnash on their tongues, right. and uh, then I, I I think it's final judgment with all the islands islands right. disappearing and and uh, they curse God. Yeah, they're cursing like God at, at final judgment when when Christ comes when they should they be cur- repenting. Yeah, and they crying cu- out. They curse when they cr- should they be curse. crying out for mercy. And so grace. so what makes us think that? In hell, it'll be ten, <laughs> that where the, the it'll be ten times worse. Yeah, where the wrath of God is being worse. is being poured out. Um, you know, with, I think without it, without any kind of of uh, relief that they're going to repent. They're not. They're going to hate God more and more, and they're going to go on hating God and being tor- tormented by Him forever. A good picture in pop culture that that it's always made me think of what hell's like. The reality of hell. Now you might laugh at it, George, but I think it is 
a great picture of it. When Anakin Skywalker is going to the dark side. Oh, goodness. Right? He's being... Cons- <laughs> no, you're going to see it. Okay. When I tell you, you're never going to be able to unsee it. He's- are, are you going to say that hell is filled with sand? No. Okay. Because he really know. hates sand, apparently. No, he's he goes over to the dark side, right? He... Uh, he he executes order whatever 66 yeah come on jay so <laughs> he's got the sith eyes uh-huh. and he's battling obi obi-wan kenobi uh-huh. on uh the lava planet okay yeah right mm-hmm. so they're battling obi-wan kenobi who is his mentor he loves him he loves anakin he wants anakin to come back to the light side but he won't you know anakin is in his hatred and wrath trying to kill obi-wan, Obi-Wan kenobi and he doesn't have the high ground, George. He does not have the but high ground. But he still tries. And so he jumps up, does a little leap. Obi-Wan Kenobi jumps around and with one swipe cuts off his arms and his legs. Uh-huh. And he's laying there and the lava starts to burn him. And what does he say? Uh-huh. He's like, save me. I'm sorry. I was wrong. <laughs> he's, he says, you know, he says, I hate you. That's what he says. He screams, I hate you. Uh-huh. Here's, the, always, here's a, a picture. A picture of it? A picture of Show him a picture. Yeah, here's a picture of it. I hate you. Yeah. As he, There's literally nothing he can do to save himself. Right, he's burning up. He's burning alive. Right. And his last thing he screams is, I hate you. Uh-huh. That's the picture I get right. of what hell Are we going like. to get banned for showing a picture of st- <laughs> I hope Star not. Wars? It's too blurry. <laughs> okay. Just tell the AI that's okay. okay. All right. <laughs> but that's a picture of it, right? Like yeah. the, the, They're there. They don't. They don't want God. All right. They get it, they're getting exactly what they want, but mm-hmm. it but it is it's torture, it's torment. Right. Um. And Jesus speaks about it because he, why does he speak about it more than anyone else? Because he's loving. Because mm-hmm. he cares about people. Yeah. Um. And so he speaks about it a lot. Right. He even says it'd be better for you to cut like your hand off than mm-hmm. to go to this place. That's the Mark passage. Yeah. It's better it's if your if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It's better to go into heaven right. with with only one hand than to go in with both hands into the Gehenna of fire. Yep. The Gehenna of fire. So um yeah, it's not gonna be like like what Elon Musk said. Like you've heard people say, Oh, it'll be like we'll be some party in hell. Like, well, well yeah, it'll be this big party. I, well, you know, all my friends are gonna be there, so right. why wouldn't I wanna go to hell? Because that's where everyone I know is going to be. And yeah. and they the the they minimize what hell is because they minimize who God is. Uh-huh. They don't see him as as this great treasure. They don't see him as the source of of life mm-hmm. and joy. They think that they can have joy apart from him mm-hmm. because they're because they think that they're having joy right now apart from him. Mm-hmm. But they don't realize that even now they're under God's common grace. Whereas in eternity they won't they won't have that common grace. All all of God's grace will be lifted from them and they'll only experience yeah. his holiness. What's interesting to think about God's wrath, um, God, God, hell is not a place where God is not. I think this is something that people, uh, there is not a place in existence where God is not. God right. is omnipresent. But somehow, like I think in evangelical mind, there's this pocket of reality somewhere mm. where he doesn't exist. Like it's a void. It's like a, it's like a theologic, like a black hole or something. Yeah, he's there, but his presence is different for right. those who are experiencing him. Right. Um, and this is this is found in Revelation chapter fourteen. Um, another angel, a third, followed them, saying with a loud voice, "If anyone worships the beast and its image and receives a mark on his forehead or on his hand, he also will drink the wine of God's wrath, poured full strength into the cup of his anger, and he will be tormented with fire and sulfur, in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. And the smoke of their torment goes up forever and ever, and they have no rest day or night. These worshippers of the beast and its image, and whoever receives the mark of its name." Mm-hmm. So it's in the presence of the Lamb, yeah. Um, because the wrath is not um, wrath is just the 
the the flip side of holiness. Right. It's it's God's holiness and justice that's poured out on unrepentant, mm-hmm. the unrepentant ones. You can also think about it this way, like it, how it plays out. We do not know. Like okay, right. so uh, Isaiah, he's according to human standards, probably a pretty good man, right? Mm-hmm. A holy man. Mm-hmm. You saw him, you'd be like, that's a holy man. But he's a sinner, and he's unjustified before holy God. What is God's goodness like when he experiences it? Mm-hmm. Isaiah experiences the goodness of God right. unshielded. Yeah. It's like God says, all right, I will, I will uncloak or unhide myself from you for a millisecond and let you see who I am. And the goodness of God, as it bursts forth upon a sinner who's unjustified, becomes a terror. And it's what Isaiah says, I'm being undone. Mm. Or it's the, it's very descriptive. It's like I'm being unmade. Like you think if you could be disintegrated eternally. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to I don't want to do any uh, any spoilers for uh, Doctor Strange too, but you know what I'm talking about. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh th- and this is the goodness of God right. bursting forth upon a guilty sinner. Right. We think somehow God has to go into some dark mode and like unleash mm-hmm. some it's just the right. a sinner we can't even grasp the reality and again it's because we don't understand how great the goodness of God is mm. he's perfect in all of his attributes and holiness and we are we are not and we are extremely not just flawed um we're the opposite of God's holiness in our nature and his holiness will literally becomes wrath Unless shielded by the by the work of Christ, yeah. unless transformed by the work of Christ, God's goodness would destroy you. Um, and that's strange to think about, but that's the that's all that the person in hell will ever experience. It's not a different God, um, but the, that's the good news, right? The good news is that Jesus, he drank the the cup of God's wrath that you just spoke of. That that that. That he says sinners will drink in full, right. that he drank it upon the cross for them. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, there's the line in the Apostles' Creed um, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate, descended into hell. Um, and some people, they, they take it out. They don't know exactly what's going on. Mm-hmm. Word of faith people, they've twisted it to mean he, he went and had, you know, a fist fight with the devil and right. dragged him around and. All this nonsense. Um, Calvin, his interpretation was that um, it's it's on the cross Jesus experienced hell. Mm-hmm. That's how he he interprets it. Right. As when he hung on the cross, Jesus, you know, quote unquote, descended into hell uh-huh. because what is hell? It's the, the wrath of pouring God. out of God's wrath. Um, now, unmitigated, it's it's just full full wrath, and that's what Jesus experienced on the cross. Um, that's I don't think that's the right interpretation of that line, but I see what Calvin's getting at, right? And I, I'm with him mm-hmm. on that. Um, Jesus tasted hell for his people. Mm-hmm. Um, well, he says, and that's that's good news for us. That means that that yeah. means that since Jesus tasted hell for us, that we'll never taste hell. We'll we'll never experience hell because Jesus has already experienced hell for us. Right, and that's what he's praying about in the garden. I mean, take this cup from me. What mm-hmm. what cup? Right, it's the cup of God's wrath. That's how the Old Testament speaks of it. Right, God tells Babylon when this is back in the Habakkuk series. He tells the Babylonians, "I'm going to make you drink. You're going to get drunk on my cup, mm-hmm. the cup of my wrath." Yeah, because um, the Babylonians were known for doing all kinds of debauchery. When they would make people drink their wrath, right. God says, "You're about to drink my wrath." Jesus says, "He's praying. Do I really have to take this wrath? Do I have to drink this cup?" Mm-hmm. And the answer is yes. And He says, "Then um, Your will be done." And He willingly takes God's wrath uh, for sinners, so that they don't have to. If there's not an eternal hell, there was no reason for Jesus to die. Mm. There could have been another way. So for the Christian who, you know, in these polls, and there were other questions, we must save them for another episode, even related to hell. Um, For the Christian to not be sure about that, 
is to really question whether Jesus really needed to die on the cross or not. I don't think they are connecting the dots there, right. but that's what you're saying, mm-hmm. that it, he didn't need to do that. Yeah. So it's the hell episode, George. Okay. One more time. <laughs> One more time. Well, um, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a sobering thought that there is a, a real place of eternal conscious torment um, under the wrath of God. It's um, something that we need to uh, to be mindful of. We're talking every, every day, we're interacting with people who are going to um, either spend eternity with Jesus and experience life and joy and peace, or we're interacting with people who will spend an eternity in hell, mm-hmm. uh, away from the presence of Christ and and like we saw in in Luke uh, with the rich man and Lazarus, there's no way for anyone to cross over from one side to the other. Um, so if you're if you're not uh, if you're listening and you've never trusted in Christ, this is a warning. This is a warning for you, and this is a call for you to repent and believe the gospel because there's no amount of good works that can get you out of hell. Um, you can never atone for your own sins. You you can't um, you can't be reconciled to God apart from Jesus, and so um, we would urge you while there's still time, while there's while there's still breath in your lungs, and your heart is pumping, um, trust in Christ mm. because without Him we will perish. Yeah, that's good. Couldn't have said it better myself. Thanks for tuning in today, Free for All Friday. Hope this has been informative to you. I know it's a topic that maybe haven't. You know, jumped off into too deeply. Um, we didn't really go too deep, but I think we hit the basics. Uh, hopefully, it's been beneficial. It's our hope and desire that this helps you to be conformed to Christ. That's the whole uh, desire of this. If this has been beneficial to you, please like, subscribe, share, maybe comment, maybe write us a review. It's our hope, as always, this helps you to be conformed to Christ. See you next time.